What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Lauda, what do you got? All right, guys. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Chris Pratt is going to voice none other than Garfield. He's going to be the voice of Garfield in the upcoming animated movie. I don't know how I feel about it. I love Chris Pratt, but I don't know if I see him as a Garfield. What do you guys think about it? Um, I haven't seen the Garfield movies that they have had. They've had, you know, for the last, I don't know. Ever. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think I may have seen like the first one many, many moons ago. But I liked Garfield as like the cartoon. Um, don't know how much I feel about it uh, in the movie form. But Chris Pat is great. I love him. I'm a big Parks and Rec guy. That's where I originally saw him. Um, will I watch it? Let's be real. Probably not. Okay. I like the honesty. Cap. Yeah. No chance I'm watching some <laughs> Garfield movie. Okay. Now, by the way, listen, I, I shouldn't even say that before it even comes out because right. just to give you an example, like, you know, the movie Ted, the one with the Mark Wahlberg and the, the little stuffed animal mm-hmm. bear. Isn't that what it's yeah, called? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's the kind of movie that I would look at and I'd go, that's really dumb, but I like Mark Wahlberg. And then I watch it and I'm like, oh my God. That movie's hilarious. So maybe Garfield becomes edgy and it becomes interesting, but I doubt it. And so I'm kind of with, with Sedano here. I don't see myself as being all that high on the, the Garfield franchise, you know? Yeah. Right. I, I love Chris Pratt, but honestly, when I saw this, I'm like, I don't know if I would watch it. So I was just curious to see if you guys would. Chris Pratt is in everything. Like, he's in too much stuff. Yeah. He's making his money, girl. <laughs> Let him make his money. <laughs> yeah. He, well, here's what happens with actors is you do have to do that, right? Like you have to, um, at some point or another, do some projects that you want to do, but to finance those projects mm-hmm. and, you know, because they don't pay very well, you got to do the Garfields of the world. Sure. <laughs> but isn't he kind of, he's sort of a studly guy, isn't he? Yeah, but it's dude, animated car, animated cartoon that if that thing hits, You've got tons of money you can make moving forward because that means you've got more movies coming, you know? But does he do voices or does he just use his own voice and just does a straight read? Yeah, he as does himself? his own voice and he just, yeah. he's the cat. Right. So you don't even have to do, you don't have to stretch or anything, you know? Guess what I'm he saying did the is. Lego is, movie films. He is in the Lego movie. That's true. And he did like I saw there, there's, a, there's a Lego Star Wars thing on Disney Plus that I want to. I actually want to watch that. It's hilarious. But he I in, love those Lego movies. They're pretty hilarious. My brother he, loved that one, by the way, the Star Wars thing. I haven't seen it. He I love the Lego Batman. That one to me is hilarious. That one That's was a really hilarious good. movie. That was really good. With Will Arnett as so the Batman. Capital, have you ever watched any of those movies? I know they're for kids, but they're really funny for adults. Yeah, they're, no. I, saw, I saw all of them in theaters with my nephew, and they're definitely like just as much for adults mm-hmm. as they are for kids yeah yeah especially the batman one like so i feel good. like that one of all of them for sure is the most hilarious one but i think of him did you guys ever see the movie zero dark 30 yeah anybody ever see that yes yes i mean that, that's kind of a um it's sort of a dark real you know Hence guess, zero dark 30 yes yeah, well yes it is sort of <laughs> yeah. yes i should have said it was not as dark as the title but it, yeah. it is and it's a serious topic and it's interesting you know how how a guy like that goes from that sort of a role to uh to Garfield the cat. By the way, yeah, because I just told ben? you, Zero Dark Thirty doesn't pay him a bazillion dollars. Zero Dark Thirty is uh, probably a smaller, way smaller budget. So because of that, it's more of a 
I wouldn't say it's an indie film, but certainly more of an indie film than a you know a commercial release like Garfield. So he gets paid on those, and then he does the passion projects for lesser money. That's how it works. But he also is kind of like a isn't that his personality kind of goofy too? Like on the on the Marvel stuff, like he's kind of. What's his name? What is it? Oh yeah, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Star Lord, right? Like yeah, he's yeah, yeah. he's like goofy, yeah. like in stuff. Yeah. So it's not. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's his personality. Like that. Where has Garfield been? That that somebody thinks bringing Garfield back. Like, hey, Garfield was such a monster hit, and America loves Garfield the cat so much. You know what we got to do? We got to make a movie. Let's get Chris Pratt. He'll be the voice of Garfield. Huge hit. Hence what Sedano said. You got to do the grunt work to get what you want sometimes. yeah no i'm not talking about the actor i'm just talking about whoever comes up with the idea of gosh we got to reprise garfield that was such a huge hit we got to bring it back they recycle everything these days <laughs> let's be serious so true let's face it right <laughs> nobody has an original idea anymore yeah all right that is what you need to know brought to you by morongo casino resort and spa good times less than 90 minutes from wherever you are don't forget million dollar mondays we just gave away a, a chance at a million dollars in the last segment 545 um you got to listen to the show each and every day here, here's the deal. We're going to do show trivia every Monday at 545, but I ain't messing with just Mondays anymore. From now on, you got to be listening all week long because we may throw something at you that we said on Thursday, and you got to answer it on Monday, okay? So you got to listen in each and every Monday, each and every day, every minute. Take notes. Tell your friends to take notes. If you can't listen, go back on the podcast. That's an easy way to cheat, to be honest with you. Go back on the – subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on the ESPN app, on Google or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. That's an easy way to get all the information you need. So that way um, – and you can listen like one and a half times or two times, like Mike Trudell who's a crazy person um, on podcasts, and you can kind of cut your time in half. Um and, well, actually, and, that's good advice, by the way, George, because you know what? We are catching Mason and Ireland. I know Steve really likes to brag that Mason and Ireland is the number one sports podcast in all of Los Angeles. We have made huge strides. We've caught up. It's a three-point, one-score kind of game, and I want to win this game. So listen to the podcast because we're about to take over. We're at number two, but we're about to become number one. It's a short little chip shot field goal. We're going to hit it, and then we're going to win the game. All right, hopefully you're not kicking beyond 40 yards. Well, that's okay. right. I mean, let's not have me kick at all. Yeah. Uh, all right, USC, the coaching search is out there, obviously. Now, there's some like, – I love college football because people do the super sleuth thing um, where they, they like – so James Franklin, who is one of the candidates, obviously, from Penn State, this week they were playing Ohio State, and like at his press conference he kept mentioning – he kept referencing – Illinois when we're playing Illinois and people are like wait a second why is he making mention of Illinois like does he have his head in the right space does he already have another job does he have his one foot out the door so people are speculating it could be USC now look it could be I'm also speculating it could be LSU I mean remember he did coach in um in the SEC prior to being at Penn State he had Vandy playing well of all places so I, I think that there, there is possibly that James Franklin will go somewhere. It's either going to be LSU or, or USC, in my opinion. Um, but then there's the Urban Meyer stuff that's out there again because that team is atrocious. He's probably the worst coach in the league uh, right now in the NFL, and he's realizing, oh, yeah, this isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be, and Trevor Lawrence is still going to need time to develop. And by the way, I still got to pick the players of the rest of the team to help him develop. So it's not as easy a process as you think. Go ask Nick Saban. So, I, I the the USC coaching search is fascinating to me, and the fact that everyone has got their eye on somebody, and every week that 
you know, it's either Urban Meyer or James Franklin or beyond is something we got to monitor, Cap. Yeah, so start off with Urban Meyer. Man, what a disaster. And I don't mean just the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean the notion of Urban Meyer becoming the head football coach at USC. I don't see it. Now, I'm not saying it is 1,000% not going to happen, but I'm going to say that I'm probably 99.9% sure it's not going to happen. And then if it does, that'll be egg on my face and that'll be fine. But I just don't see it. I don't see Urban Meyer. I, I feel He's taken the challenge to go to the NFL, and I don't see him leaving after one year because it's going to make him look like he couldn't hack it and he just quit, which I think is what people perceive Urban Meyer to be anyway. The LSU thing is somewhat interesting. Uh, Again, I don't see him quitting in the NFL after one year, but he's already coached at Florida. He knows the conference. He's got a name brand in the SEC. He's also got one, obviously, in the Big Ten. It's not that people don't know who he is in the Pac-12 or in L.A. I just, I feel like if he comes out of the Jaguars and the Jaguars go 1-16, 2-15, and he all of a sudden takes over the SC program, I feel like people are going to look at him like, so you failed miserably in the NFL and you came crawling back to college football and this is the team that took you. I, I'm going to say this. My money's on Urban Meyer remaining with the Jacksonville Jaguars beyond this season. What do you think? I mean, I think he sticks it out at least one more. Uh, I don't think he coaches USC. I think he doesn't want to be looked at as a complete buffoon. Um, and and by the way, Trevor Lawrence will get better. The question is, can he be the coach to make Trevor Lawrence better, to give them the tools that they're going to need? They've got offensive weapons at the skill position, um, although they just lost their running back. But they, you know, but their offensive line is atrocious. Like he needs to he needs to draft offensive linemen. Their defensive line stinks. Um, that team is a little bit a ways away, but they need to draft guys in the trenches. Um, if they do that, then they'll be fine. But does he have the patience for that? Because he's going to be destroyed. And let's face it, even game day stuff has not been his, uh, you know, uh, has not been necessarily a shining moment for him. Well, you mentioned patience. Whoever takes over the SC job, if we all think that because it's SC and because of the success they have had in the past, and because of the recruiting that we think they've been able to do, which isn't translating into wins this season, certainly, I think the SC job is not some one-year wonder where a good coach walks in and SC is all of a sudden playing for the national championship. I think the SC job is a four- or five-year project, starting with your first recruiting class, which you're probably not going to get the best of the best because you and a new staff are taking over and you're going to get in late. I think the SC job is a four or five year project, and I think that it will require patience as well. And I'm not sure Urban Meyer's the guy for it. In fact, George, since we're talking about James Franklin as well, I like what you're talking about, how at that press conference last week, he, he seemed very distracted. To not know who his team was playing, <laughs> and, and for people to have pointed that out, perhaps he is distracted. But again, I will bet, you know, if, if you gave me an option and you said, will James Franklin be the head coach of Penn State or USC next year? or even throw in LSU, I still think he's going to go back to Penn State. I I don't think this is coaching at Northwestern where you're looking to get to the top of a conference and you're in a good conference, but you're at kind of a bottom feeder sort of a school. James Franklin's at one of the top schools in the conference. I think he's going to stay put. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, I think he's peaked there. Okay, so so if I told you right now USC or LSU, and you had to I just I think if bet, I had to guess, he's going to LSU. 
Okay, see, now, now I would agree with you on that. In other words, he's had some time in that conference, and I would see him saying, you know what? Winning the SEC is the ultimate in college football. I'd like to do that. I'd rather go to LSU than, than USC. So if, if we both agree that Urban Meyer is going to stay at the Jaguars and that James Franklin is not necessarily inclined to go to, to USC, perhaps might go to LSU first, you got anybody else? Because I'll tell you this. America, the world of college football in America, has fallen in love with Cincinnati. Cincinnati's number two in the country. They have one real win on the year. They beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. So I look at, at Cincinnati, who's ahead of Alabama with a loss, who's ahead of Oklahoma. People want a mid-major to succeed. If I were the guy at Cincinnati, Luke Fickle, and I already know the athletic director at USC, Mike Bone, because they work together. To me, that's like the, the number one guy I would want of all the guys we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, because he's got familiarity, right? I don't think there's any doubt about that particular part of the equation. But um, I, I do think it's – man, I, I just don't know if it's a big enough name personally. Like, and, and, yeah, and while I think he's ultra-successful – um, you know, Lindsey brought this up a while back. I mean, he's got real ties there. And I think that part of him, and Lindsey, you correct me if I'm wrong, um, wants to see this thing through there, especially if they get into the playoff. Well, you know, <laughs> look, Cincinnati is a really nice job. If you It is a nice it job, there. yes. But, it's, but, it, but to me, in my opinion... Cincinnati is no different than San Diego State. I'm just making up an example. It's a mid-major school that right. most coaches use as a stepping stone. But what if to they get, get to, to the playoffs this year? Then what? Well, I mean, then he's he sort of has broken a, a barrier of mid-majors who could never really get into the playoff, and that could change things because of his ties to Cincinnati, the state of Ohio, Ohio State, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that could change things where he maybe becomes a lifer. But you just look at the coach at, at uh, Notre Dame as an example. He was at Cincinnati before he went to Notre Dame, and he had Cincinnati playing um, on the national stage. They weren't number two in the country, but they were well-respected. And so Notre Dame, USC, LSU, these kinds of jobs, opportunities come up. Most guys jump on them, especially when they're at mid-major schools. Don't you think, though, if Fickle wins at Cincinnati, like it, let's say they make the playoff, I know it's a long shot, but don't you think that would actually help his case at being hired at USC because he becomes a much more higher-profile name? That, and he has a lot of leverage, which is, why would I want to leave to go to USC? I just got Cincinnati to the playoff. USC, you guys aren't even winning the conference. You're not even sniffing winning the conference. No, I don't so well, I, want to, I would rather stay at Cincinnati. And then... That's when the USC guys go, wait a second, we don't lose to Cincinnati, especially on a coach that we want. That's when the boosters back up the Brinks truck and they start unloading the cash. Mike Tomlin said, there is no booster that has enough money on a blank check to get me to leave the Pittsburgh Steelers. There are enough. If they want the coach from Cincinnati, they'll put their money where their mouth is. It's going to be fascinating to see because I do think there's that. And real quick, I got to get to UCLA a little bit on the other side because I I, I want to I, I feel like I need to address their coaching situation because there's a lot of negativity surrounding Chip Kelly. And honestly, I don't get it. Like, and, and and you may think I'm crazy, but I'm going to tell you why on the other side. Plus, the Rams. Are you okay with them mortgaging their future? 
right now. For the now. 877-710-ESPN. It is also a world day today. There's two world days that we've had today that we need to celebrate and we need to discuss. All that coming up in three minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yeah. Oh, I love this song. Me too. I love What does Duran this remind Duran. you of, Kaplan? Like 87-ish? Well, it actually gets me back into those early 80s. You know, Chris is saying 82. I'm saying 82, 83. I was jamming out to this song. But believe it or not, I've seen Duran Duran in the last couple of years at a music festival. And when they sang Rio, I was like a 13-year-old little girl again. You know? Yes, again? Simon. Sing it. Wait, you just said you were like a 13-year-old little girl again. As in, right. you were once a 13-year-old little girl. Well, I'm just saying. I'm like, learning you know, new like things, back man. The, I'm learning new things about Back you. in the day, you know, back in the day, Duran Duran wasn't as cool. Like, they were cool, and they were They're happening. still not cool, by the way. Well, but they're cooler mm-hmm. now than they were back then. In other words, when you're 13, 14, and you're a dude, you're like, um, I love this song. I mean, hey, how about those Rams this past weekend, guys? You know, how about the Rams? But You, you don't think now, Duran Duran is cool? I think Duran Duran is cool. No, Duran Duran is cool. And I saw them at a music festival a couple years ago, and they were great. And Rio is one of my favorite songs. What a great video that was, too. Um, they um, they they have a lot of good songs, actually, Duran Duran. Her name is Rio, and she dances on the sand. Um, they actually had a hit, I want to say, when did that song come out? Um, come Undone. Uh, it's got to be, like, 90s. That was, like, their last, like, at least I recall, like, studio album. Uh, good song. You know, like, I don't know. I like all those bands. Duran Duran, Depeche Mode. Like, all those bands from that era were pretty fun. I, I like Duran Duran. I th- that's one of my favorite Duran Duran songs, too, Rio. Yeah. yeah. And has anybody here seen the video? Because when I said it like that, I realized how 1983 that just sounded, you know? Like, did anybody watch MTV this afternoon and see no. the new Rio video by Duran no. Duran? Never yeah. saw that video. Oh, really? Because uh, I think it's Nina a good, Blackwood. They're, in a, they're on a boat. Yeah. Yeah, right. I think Nina Blackwood was the VJ today, and she showed us the Duran Duran video. Does anybody get that? Never saw any of the Duran Duran videos. Little, Don't know who little, Nina Blackwood is? Nope. Little uh, before my time. Yeah, Nina Blackwood. She was one of the original VJs on MTV. See, now we're kind of getting into my wheelhouse here, guys. Carson you know, Daly, talk TRL, to, you know, that's what I'm Yeah, I mean, sorry. talk to me about uh, about the, the, the Ninja Turtles, and I'm like, yeah, it doesn't do anything for me. But talk to me about <laughs> Duran Duran. We got a conversation going. No, you know? no. Mm-hmm. I was telling Lindsay, I was like, I have a petition. I want to take some rejoins back <laughs> so I can play, like, music that I'm listening to. Because I'm like, <laughs> damn, a lot of this music, I know what it is because I've heard it, but a lot before my time. It's funny you say that because I was thinking, you know what I'd like to have control of around here? I think I want to start doing like a throwback Thursday where I select all the music. Oh, hell. Oh, hell yeah. 
Because that you would were about be fun, say, actually. Yeah, like I think I, if we did a throwback Thursday, I think we would just like each take turns picking a theme because yeah. you know you could throw back to anything. But and if we had you do it every week, then it would just be a bunch of eighties music, seventies well, music. Plus, so, probably yeah. wouldn't get done. You know, it's like Cap, you're supposed to be doing the throwback Thursday. Where's your music list? I'd be like, um, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot about that. Can you guys help me out here a little bit? So yeah, maybe uh, maybe we should all like mm. every Thursday we should say. It's my Thursday this week. I'm handling the throwback tunes. And then we all have to suffer through whatever we all pick out if we don't like it I got good musical taste. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I think I do. I know, you, I know you think you do, but let's see if the rest of us agree. Mm, okay. I like the idea of throwback Thursday. I'd even take a flashback Friday. In fact, I'd even take a way back Wednesday. Okay, okay. You, you gain a little excited. <laughs> take, take it I one just don't have one for time. Tuesday. You Lord. sound like Steve Mason over there. He's always posting like the way back Wednesday and he one time he posted like a flashback Thursday and it wasn't even it didn't rhyme or anything like that. So yeah. well, there was no alliteration for flashback Thursday. I know. Right? That's my yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I love Rio. I love Duran Duran. So Same. Same. Uh, you were anywho. about to talk about UCLA. You were about to get to UCLA and well, you were saying that dude, UCLA fans got to chill. What's the deal? Relax. You know what I'm saying? Like, here's the deal. Like. So I saw, you know, look, they lost this weekend to Utah at Utah. Utah's good. Like, Utah is, is, is really good. Like, they're a good team. They struggled to start the season, but now they have a quarterback in Cameron Rising who's good, and they're a good team. Um, UCLA, they have better athletes, by the way, than UCLA. I, I hate to break it to people. Um, and, you know, and UCLA's getting there, right? I think it, it's taken Chip way longer than people anticipated. The first three years were a mess. But, like, they're pretty good this year. And your UCLA football, look, this isn't the basketball program where I, I just saw Mick Cronin got another one of these, like, amazing recruits to commit to them. I saw um, he got a center that was uh, it was down to, like, UCLA and Kansas, and UCLA won out. Right, and he's winning out in a lot of these battles because UCLA basketball is easier to recruit because it's a blue blood. They're not a blue blood in football. So give Chip another year, see how it goes, let him get a recruiting, another good recruiting class in there. I mean, they've got players. I love the running backs, Charbonnet and Britton. And, and look, they lost with a backup quarterback this week. DTR didn't even play. So it, it, it just, it, I just think that UCLA fan has lost their mind because of their great start. And you just got to realize, hey, man, like, you know, you're not a football power. Like, just give it a minute, you know? Yeah, I mean, listen, Utah, just by the way, came into the season. They were nationally ranked at the beginning of the year. And I'm not about to tell you that they're a great team, but they're a 5-3 and three team. They are 4-1 and one in the conference. But they're better than that record is what they, I'm saying because they the quarterback they're playing now is better than the guy who was there. And, of course, that guy transferred, you know? Well, I mean, when you look at, at Utah earlier in the season, they lost to BYU. They lost to San Diego State. So, you know, but they have come back with a big win to Arizona State, but they're inconsistent because they lost to Oregon State. So, so Utah's good. They're not great. They're, they're, they're good. But UCLA, look, I get it. You know, there's a lot of history and tradition in the UCLA football program. And when you think back, I know I do, I think back to the late 80s when Troy Aikman transferred from Oklahoma to UCLA, and then I think about that winning streak that they had. I'm trying to remember the name of the quarterback off the top of my head. I can't remember the guy's name. Anybody in remember? In the 80s or in the 90s? No, no, in the 90s when they had that oh, long Cade winning McNown. streak. Cade yeah. McNown, thank you. Yeah. And yeah. so UCLA was a national power. They were on the national radar for a long time. And then as I start thinking to myself 
about the coaches. But they the were coaches. never USC, dude. No, no, you know they weren't. I mean? like, but, but they had a period. But then you start thinking about the coaches, right? And you start backtracking. I'm thinking about Jim Mora Jr. He was a terrible NFL coach. He was a mediocre college coach. I'm um, thinking about Daryl. Uh, what was his name? He was the wide receiver at UCLA, and he he was uh, and he coached the team for a couple of years. Daryl Carl Durrell. Carl, thank you, Carl. See, who's Darryl, now the coach at Colorado? Right, Carl Durrell. Uh, Rick Neuheisel. Rick was a star quarterback at UCLA. He had a period of time uh, at UCLA, and and just the name uh, since Terry Donahue, God rest his soul. Since the Terry Donahue era, it just has never been the same. Your point about Chip Kelly is a good one. Look, I don't think Chip Kelly is Pete Carroll, okay? But UCLA needed a coach. Chip Kelly had a ton of success at Oregon. Granted, it didn't work out because he was barely in the NFL for a cup of coffee in Philadelphia. But why not trust and give him time rather than restarting every four or five years? Yeah. Like, I'd rather give a guy eight, nine, ten years. And listen, I'm not talking about if they're bad, bad the whole time. I'm just saying... They're getting better. Let me ask this. Is UCLA trending upward or downward right now in football? Upward right now, yes. That's That, that to me, is my answer. That's why I'm keeping this coach. I'll play it out for a couple more seasons. Yeah, I, I'm with you wholeheartedly. Like, this, to me, makes all the sense in the world. Like, why? Like, just let it play out. Like, let's see what next year looks like. And if he can build off of that, then so be it. So... I don't know. I don't. I don't get some of these UCLA fans. All right, well, let's get back to the Rams. Fans, right? Yeah, we'll get to that in the last. Se- it is World Vegan Day, by the way. I want to talk about that in the last segment as well. But we got Big Deal or No Deal, everyone's favorite segment here in the six o'clock hour. So that's coming up. Stick around. We'll be back in a couple minutes here on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thank you, Christopher. Speaking of big deals, a big deal for you to call the right attorney when you're injured in an accident. Call my friends at Sam and Ash Injury Law at 800-304-2000. That's 800-304-2000. Say habla espanol and visit them online at samandashlaw.com because you deserve what's right. That's why you got to hit them up. Lindsay, what's right? What's right is, well, I don't know if this one is really right. It actually might be kind of wrong. The boxing titan that is Mike Tyson is making another comeback. Tyson said that he's going to return to the ring in February 2022 with some suspecting that his second comeback fight is going to be against none other than YouTuber Logan Paul. While Tyson wouldn't say who he's fighting, he said that he plans to return against an opponent that he called, quote, really stimulating. Is this potential fight a big deal or no deal, Sedano? Um, I mean, 
I'm not a big fan of these celebrity boxing matches, as you know. So, uh, yeah, but you pay for it. I didn't the last one, so I watch it later on YouTube or wherever. Instagram Live. Yeah, I'll watch it later on YouTube. To be honest with you, so I I don't know, I don't know. Like I'm I'm gonna go no deal for me. Sorry, Mike. I love Mike. I think he's like one of the biggest sports like stories and personalities of my lifetime. But I'm just not in on that. Yeah. And we're talking about Lindsey Tyson fighting against one of the Paul brothers. Is Logan that right? Paul. Yep. Okay. That's the speculation. He wouldn't say who he's fighting, but that's he's you know he's been talking about this for a couple months now, and that's what everyone's kind of assuming. But I want him to fight the other Paul. I want him to fight Jake Paul because he's the one that really needs to get beat up, right? Well, I think that Logan Paul is the better fighter. Like he's mm-hmm. the one who actually. I don't think either of them really have like a realistic chance against Tyson, but out of the two, Logan Paul, I think that he has a better chance against him. Who's the one that knocked out the former NBA player? Is that Logan or is that Jake? I don't remember. You mean Nate Robinson? Yeah. Mm, I thought I, that was Jake Paul. Uh, I think it was. Oh, here, listen. Jake Paul, me... he's, he's fighting uh, Ta- uh, Tyson Fury's like brother or son it or was something. jake paul and nate robinson yeah. yeah yeah okay listen let me tell you guys something real quick i think this is a big deal and here's why because mike tyson understands what floyd mayweather understands i'm a retired boxer i'm fighting against guys who are very famous right now these guys have so many followers and subscribers on youtube and then followers on other platforms that together my name floyd mayweather or mike tyson my name combined with their name my followers combined with their followers together we can make a ton of money and the fact of the matter is whether it's tyson or mayweather or any pro fighter for that matter they're in no trouble of any kind of losing or getting hit or getting hurt so to me it's a big deal because tyson knows i can make a lot more money today fighting against one of these paul brother youtube guys than i can against fighting a, you know a, a real heavyweight so I think it's a big deal, and I'd see it. But I'll tell you this, George, I don't know if you remember this or not. I know I was very young when it happened. There was a fight where George Foreman fought like five guys in the same day. I think they were like three-round fights. <sighs> no, I don't remember that. Yeah, So, and I can remember it as a kid. Muhammad Ali was the color commentator ringside with Howard Cosell. And the two of them were calling the fights as here you had George Foreman fighting all these tomato cans. Why, don't, why doesn't Tyson fight the first Paul brother for five rounds and then fight the next Paul brother for five rounds? Now that I would like. Mm, I think that's a little too gimmicky for me. But I'd pay 80 bucks. I mean, I'd pay 80 bucks to watch him fight either of the Paul brothers. I think it'd be interesting. As long as, it's all, as long as it's not that nonsense where they're just, like, sparring for the entire time and no one actually punches anybody, like, that's lame. If they're going to do that, then just save everybody the trouble and just, yeah, just don't do it. Just George, would you fight Mike Tyson, who's now probably 53, 54, 55 years old? If I said to you right now, you got a five-round, two-minutes-per-round fight against Mike Tyson, and I'll pay you $5 million, would you do it? Two-minute rounds? Yeah, five of them. Stay alive for five you rounds. Have, you know, you don't have to survive. I mean, you just have to. You, that's what the fight is. It's five rounds. Oh, I can just I, I just go in the ring for five million dollars. Yeah, five million. Nah, he'd still hurt me, bro. You're okay, crazy. ten million. No. So basically, 20, 20 would you million. would you let him knock you out for this amount of money? The, my answer is yes. 
Okay, I, there were plenty of fighters when Mike Tyson was in his heyday, when he was the baddest man on the planet, and he was he was intimidating people. Guys would get into the ring and get knocked out and around, and the rest of us were like, "I just paid fifty dollars for pay per view. That sucked." I would do it. I've seen pro fighters go in, take one punch, get knocked out, get their money, and leave. I would do that right now against fifty-something-year-old Mike Tyson. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd do it. I gotta be honest with you. One punch, I could take. I one I get punch. it, bro, but you know that's gonna hurt for a long time. I know. I mean, the question is, am I gonna die? Yeah. Right. There's I mean, that possibility as well. I mean, if it's like an exhibition fight, he's not gonna kill you. He'll knock yeah. you out, but he's not gonna kill you. Yeah. I would take the I would take the the punch. I really would. I take that punch for ten million bucks. All right, on to the next one. <laughs> I would, too, for what it's worth. All right, current NFL stars better be weary before they agree to become a guest of Peyton and Eli Manning on their alternative Monday Night Football broadcast on ESPN2 because there have been four Monday Night Footballs with the Mannings so far with six left to go, and every active player who has appeared to talk football and other things with them has had bad luck with a loss the upcoming week. Some have had it worse than others, falling victims to serious injuries. So now everyone's calling this the Manning cast curse. Do you guys think this is a big deal or no deal, Cap? Um, which players? I mean, I'd like to know that. And, and if you don't have the list, no problem. Well, but let me I get would... it. But I know uh, Russell Wilson. I mean, let me get let me get the list while you go okay. through your. Yeah, spiel. because because the thing is, is um, I love the Manning cast. As a matter of fact, right now, the Chiefs are leading the Giants 14 to 10. There's a minute 36 to go in the second quarter. And I am watching the football game with Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. And they've got Michael Strahan visiting with them. Earlier tonight, I saw John Stewart, the political talk show host, comedian, visiting with the Mannings. I love the Manning cast. But if I were an NFL player and there was some, you know, you could prove to me that by going on the Manning cast, my team either loses the next game or I get hurt, Here, I, I might him. have to reconsider. All right, so you got week one, Russell Wilson and Travis Kelsey. Week two, Rob Gronkowski. Week three, Matthew Stafford. Uh, week seven, Tom Brady. And week eight, Josh Allen. Oh, well, interesting. Josh, yeah. Interesting. I mean, Tom Brady and the, the Bucks did lose this weekend to the Saints the week after he was on with the Mannings. Hmm. They all did. Yeah, Russell Wilson hasn't looked so great. Travis Kelsey's not had the kind of year. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm still going on the Manning cast. I'm, I'm, I'm pro Manning cast. Yeah, I'm still going to. On I'm to the next no one. deal. Really poo pooed that one, Sedano. Well, I mean, I'm just, I mean, Cap took forever. I wasn't going to, you know, I want to get to the I next one. I was waiting one. for a list. Okay, next one. Zion Williamson has not played this season while he recovers from offseason foot surgery. And in the meantime, Bleacher Report reported that the Pelicans had grown concerned with Williamson's weight, with one source saying that he believed the six foot six Williamson weighed over 300 pounds. And recently retired NBA player and now ESPN analyst J.J. Redick, who played one and a half seasons with the Pelicans, said that Williamson needs to get in better shape. Quote, Zion just has to get in better shape. This is not a secret and he's got to get healthy. Is J.J. Redick saying that Zion Williamson needs to get in better shape a big deal or no deal, Sedano? I mean, it's a big deal. It's always a big deal with him. It's been a big deal from the minute he stepped on the floor at Summer League. People have been talking about him. He looks like a defensive tackle. The problem is, I don't know if he can get that much smaller, but 
Here's the thing. When he came into the league, if you look at the side-by-side, when he first – his first, like, media day – somebody did this on social media. To the last media day, well, he's been injured, he hasn't played, I get it. Man, it's a huge difference. One is chiseled, he looks like a rock, and even then people thought he was too heavy. To now where he looks soft and, you know, from the belly perspective and chunky and stuff. And it just, you know, that's not going to work in the NBA, man. Like, I mean, maybe he can make it work because he's that super athletic and he's that super talented. But I, I just think for the long term, that doesn't help. I agree, by the way. I don't think it, it works long term because sometimes guys just eat themselves out of their business. You know, we've seen it with other athletes where guys just balloon. And you say, well, give me an example. The first guy that comes to mind is the guy who was that quarterback out of LSU that went to the Raiders. He may have been the first overall pick, and he just ballooned. He got so heavy. I mean, he couldn't play. And I'm trying to remember the kid's name. It's, it's not coming to me. Um, but Oliver Miller? No, 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 no. He, a football player, a quarterback oh, out of LSU, went to the, the Oh, Raiders. Jared Lorenzen, yes. No, 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 no. That guy also. He was out of Kentucky. Oh, Kentucky. Guy. LSU? Yeah. Uh, oh, Jamarcus Russell. Thank you. Yes. Um, sometimes guys just eat themselves right out of the league. And I, yeah. I also kind of have been thinking to myself, gosh, that kid, you know, at Duke, he looked like this. In the NBA, he kind of looks like this. And he just does, as athletic as he is, as powerful as he is, he kind of does look soft. And uh, that's not going to work when you're playing against grown-ass men who are in world-class shape. So, yeah, that, that is a big deal the way I see it. Yeah, he looks like he's gained uh, – he looks a lot more than 300 pounds in recent pictures. And not not to weight shame or anything, but, you know, you're an NBA player. I think injuries being such a concern with him, like, that's, that's probably why, right? You're going to just keep getting injured unless you're in better shape because it's hard to – you know, when you're a big guy like that. On to the next one. You, you. So, Aaron Rodgers is getting in on crypto, one of me and Sedano's favorite topics. The Packers quarterback announced today that he's going to be taking a portion of his salary from this season and converting it into Bitcoin. Rodgers tweeted out earlier today, quote, I'm pumped to share that I've recently teamed with Cash App. They've enabled me to take part of my NFL salary in Bitcoin for the very first time. And to make Bitcoin more accessible to my fans, I'm giving out a total of $1 million in Bitcoin to drop your cash tag with hashtag paid in Bitcoin and follow Cash App. Now, I did all the things that he mentioned, and Aaron Rodgers actually sent me some Bitcoin. So I felt really, really cool about that. Want to ask you guys, is him taking part of his salary in Bitcoin a big deal or no deal, Cap? He's taking part of his salary from the Packers in Bitcoin or he's converting the cash to well, Bitcoin? The way that he he said it, he's getting part of his salary paid to him in Bitcoin. Well, I think it's a big deal. I do. I think that for, for people that are not believers in crypto, when you hear Tom Brady giving a Bitcoin to the fan who had the 600th football, when you hear Aaron Rodgers, and you know it's a promotional thing for the cash app, you sent that to us earlier today, Lindsay, and I was like, you know what? Screw it. For the exercise, I'll do it. So I actually tweeted on that tweet, whatever the hashtag was, and then I put my, my cash tag name, which is just my name, and, um, and I also got a text message that said, hey, oh, you, you got, got some too. You got a piece of Bitcoin from Aaron Rodgers. Now, I've gone to the Cash App, and I can't figure out like what the next step is. Like, How do I get him to actually I'll show you put it in my it. account? It's in your account. You just have to accept it. I'll, I'll explain it to you on the phone. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> You're so bad with that stuff, man. <laughs> 
I know. Lord. I really want to. I really want to. I really want to start trading crypto. Not like a lot of money. I just want to play with it because I, I like that people are talking about it. And I think I told you guys this story in 2018. I went to a group of guys and said, "Hey, we should do this cryptocurrency thing," and they they laughed me out of the office. These same guys three years later are all like, "Hey, remember that day you were talking about Bitcoin?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Like, well, we bought a bunch now. I'm like. I told you guys about this in 2018. You laughed at me. So I was ahead of the curve, but I never did anything with it. I just want to say that a couple months ago, I, I've mentioned this before, I bought Sand, Sandbox, which is a coin. It's a, you know, altcoin, but not one of those stupid meme coins. It's like an actual legit altcoin. I bought, uh, let's see how many of these, like 3,000 shares, 3,000 of them, around 60 cents. And today it is up to $3.17. Look at you making you money. Go. I love it. Uh, by the way, I'm also, is a big deal. I think it's super smart. I think it's, uh, you know, look, we all know how I feel about um, particularly Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin and Ethereum to me are the Google and Amazon of cryptocurrencies. Um, and if, you know, I'm not giving you financial advice, but I will just tell you, I have positions in both um, is what I would say. So I think it's smart. I think it's cool. And I think that it is going to be a new world of finance. Now, I don't think necessarily right away um, that the old financial world is going anywhere anytime soon. But I do think that younger people are gravitating to this um, because it is it has intrinsic value. Because what look, at, at one point we decided in the history of the world that gold had value, right? That that was going to be the precious metal we gave value to. And Bitcoin and some of these other coins have shown this a similar propensity. So uh, I think it's smart. I think it's great and good for Aaron and good for Aaron on giving it out to people. I think that's cool, too. I just got right. mine. I just I just accepted it. Yeah. Nice. All right. Last one, Linz. Go ahead. Uh, I think that's all I have for today. Oh, that's it. All right. So we're done here. We have a minute and 15 second break. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. It is World Vegan Day, and I've got a story about that. I want to get into the Rams and... A crazy high school football story locally that we got to touch on before we get out of here. Uh, it's 710 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Oh, come on, Cap. You got to know this one, right? Of course. But this is old school, dude. Is it I mean, I got to ask. I'm assuming it's a yes. So let me ask you a question. Yeah, go ahead. Feel free. We've talked a lot about the Rams today and this Von Miller move, and yeah, I think I it's a great it. move. It's I think it's a great, great story. Move. I think it's super smart. You're, basically, your, defense, your defensive cornerstones for the next couple of years are Aaron Donald, who's the best defensive player in the sport, arguably the best player in the sport, uh, Jalen Ramsey, who's incredible, and now Von Miller. Uh, At least the for Rams games. The, the Rams' approach of going all in, to me, makes all the sense in the world just based on the personnel, particularly the quarterback, and and just this town, right? We've talked about that, that on numerous occasions today. And, and look, I get that, you know, it, it, you have to strike while the kettle's hot, right? Like, you have to go in there, no mercy, and take people out. Now, that was the approach of a high school team this weekend. Now, Lindsay, the story goes like this. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, if I'm wrong, please. So 
Inglewood played Morningside this right. past weekend. Right. And those two teams and, are like right down the road from each other. They're real close. Right. And and Inglewood scored 106 points. They won 106 to 0. Right. And and to make matters just worse. I mean, to just understand that 106 points is clearly piling on. You know, when yeah, you get to yes. when you get to 49 to nothing, you call the dogs off. You're in no danger of losing. The story was that they actually threw a two-point conversion to go from 104-0 to 106-0. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Inglewood, by the way, 9-0 and because they're awesome. Their, uh, their quarterback is actually UCLA fans, right. a UCLA commit, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Justin uh, Martin, uh, he, he threw 13 touchdowns. Crazy. Passes I know. When I read about this on Saturday or Sunday – I was thinking to myself, okay, look, I've been on the receiving end of some beatdowns in my own playing career. Right. I've been on the receiving end of beatdowns as a little league coach. I've seen my son's teams, daughter's teams. I saw my daughter's soccer team one time lose a game 12 nothing to a, yeah. you know, I was like, coach, I was thinking the other side, coach, do you mind? Like, can you tell them to stop shooting? I saw a game a couple weeks ago, my daughter's college soccer team, they won 8 nothing. I was like yelling down on the field, pass the ball, stop shooting run the clock i mean that's me from the stands what is a high school football coach doing to another high school football team that clearly cannot play on the same field at 50 to nothing that wasn't enough what, right. what were they doing yeah it's a little odd um and look i'm i'm a big believer in you got to stop them now did they bring in like the backups at any point or were they just pouring it on, pouring it on? Well, from what I understand, the kid who's the USC or the UCLA football recruit, the, the quarterback, yeah, yeah. he Justin throws Martin, yeah. he throws this this two point conversion, like late in the game. It was it was a hundred and four to zero. Hmm. By the way, let me ask you something. Maybe any somebody knows this. Does anybody know? Does a high school football scoreboard have three digits on the scoring section? That's a great question. I don't know that. Because I've never heard of a football game at any level ever right, right. with 100 points. Right. So I, I just don't understand. Listen, maybe I'm missing the story. Maybe I don't have all the details. Maybe I wasn't in Inglewood on Friday night for a high school football game. If the coach wants to call the show or one of the parents who was there who saw it, maybe there's a story we don't know. But the only thing I know is the result. 106 on one side and zero on the other, and there were a bunch of other kids on the other side and coaches and parents going, the hell's going on here? Yeah. What would you do? You're a parent on the other team. What would you do? I wouldn't be happy, that's for sure. I'd be like, yo, come on, man. You know, but what are you going to do? Like, it's out of your control. Like, I'm not going down there and fighting with the coach, though. You know what I mean? I mean, you've heard of, of like, high school basketball games where what wasn't uh, – which, which one of the Ball brothers scored 100 points – in a high school basketball game, Might have been you it? and and I think the score in that game was, you know, also like something crazy. But I think the other team actually at some point scored. Not that 106 to seven would have been acceptable. I I got a question, George. What the what the Inglewood team was doing? It it does feel weird. I'd like to know more details. I didn't watch the game clearly, so I I just would like to know more details as to what led to that and and. What was the Inglewood coach's um, response? You know what I mean? Like, so, 
I don't know, man. But I'm just that's one of those things where coaches wind up finding themselves getting fired. No, I don't think so. I don't think no, that. I'm now just, Howard Alonzo tweets us. He says yeah. it's a big city. I mean, yes, we know it's a big city rivalry, as Scott mentioned, literally down the street from each other. Um, and even after the loss, Morningside players were still talking trash. This was a personal game. Oh, okay. Well, tell me more. Tell me the story. Well, yeah, the I- school district, they put like a statement out, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think they, they said that they're, you know, like they're, they're upset about it, blah, 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 blah. So I guess the guy, also the coach of the Inglewood yeah. team, he played at UCLA. And oh, he really? briefly spent time on the Cleveland Browns back in 2008. I've What's never his name? heard of him. Milvon James. I would also love to know more about the story. I mean, if there's if there's something that we don't know, then great. I mean, how many people really know the the intimate details yeah. of high school football games and high school football rivalries? Yeah. But I just yeah. I gotta say I'm curious. That's well. All. Clearly, the Morningside coach Brian Collins was upset. He told the LA Times that it was classless and that go play Bosco or Modern Day. And well, that's how um, I feel about it. Right. Go play Anaheim. Go play Servite. You know. I mean, we'll see. You know. I mean, they'll have their, their. They may have their shot, right? Which would Eventually. be great. Which would be yeah. terrific. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Uh, yeah, I mean, play it, the it, big it, boys. I feel. I, I, look, at some point, one hundred and six to zero. I feel, yes, of course, I feel bad. Um, and by the way, I don't blame the kids one bit, right? Like that's not on the kids. You know, they got to do. They're doing what they're told, right? But, the but coach, George, so. Saturday, Saturday evening. Okay, it's it's six o'clock Saturday evening. This is before my third Halloween party. Yes, I go to see my son's college football team play at college. He plays at Saddleback College, right? Right. Saddleback is playing against a team called Southwestern Community College, which is like the furthest, most south you can go in the United States, Chula Vista. It's like right by the, the border. In San yeah, Diego. yeah, I know exactly where it is. Yeah. So, so these kids from Southwestern come up, and they're playing against these guys from Saddleback, and it's 7 nothing in the first minute, and then it's 14 nothing, and then before you know it, it's 21 nothing, and I'm like, wow, what's going on here tonight? At the end of the first half, it was 42-7 to in favor of Saddleback. I said, okay, well, this game's over. And the coach has got a whole bunch of guys on the team here that haven't played. The final score of the game was 49-7 to because everybody played. Some guys probably were like, Coach, can I try playing D-line for like a play or two? Maybe I get my Rudy moment, you know? 42-7 um, to at half. 49-7 is the final score. That's called calling off the dogs. Right. Love to know what the score was at halftime of that game. 106-0. to <laughs> Tough oh my god and what is ucla gonna do next year when they have this kid's bio in their their media guy he was part of the record-setting performance where he threw 13 touchdown passes yeah in a 106 to zero game because well i mean if you do 13 touchdown on. passes chances are you're gonna have close to that amount of points if that i mean i don't think again i don't think the kid the kids fall at all um real quick world vegan day i'll tell you this i've tried the vegan thing and maybe this is something we can get into tomorrow a little bit I've tried it for a little while just to see what it would be like, and I I couldn't hack it. I've tried paleo too. It's it, it, some of the, these 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 diets, some of them too restrictive for me. Like well, I, you know, I I just I couldn't get it past it. Whether it's mentally or whatnot, I just couldn't deal with it. You know how you uh, you know how you find out if somebody's vegan? Yeah. Well, they tell you because that's all they talk about. You know they any vegans? Lot, yeah. Like you, he's like, hey, I'm Steve. I'm vegan. Let me tell you about what I ate for lunch today. Vegans love to talk about their diet. They do. Uh, we can talk more about your diet tomorrow. We're done here. Excellent <laughs> work, Scott good. Kaplan. Outstanding, George Sedano, the man. Yeah. 
Yes. Uh, thank you, uh, Lindsay and Laura. Great job, as always. We will talk to you mañana at 3.55. Make sure you're tuning in, because if not, you can't win your shot at a million dollars on Million Dollar Mondays. Lakers Talk with Alan Slee was up next. See ya.